2: We continue on with Light the Tower on the Horn. I should have seen this coming. Clean up from hour number one, literally and figuratively. Almost. Everybody poops, Craig. Yeah, there's lots of poop stories here. One person, the more high-quality food you eat, the less you will poop out. If you're going three times a day, then your diet needs some attention. So keep that in mind, Jeff. If you're going three times a day, your diet needs some attention. Uh,
0: it depends. Sometimes it's once. Sometimes it's twice. Yeah. I know if I don't go
2: at all during the day, I'd be really concerned about my health. Somebody else said, I try to hold it in all weekend so I can poop on company time Monday morning. Uh-huh.
0: That's, that's the ticket right there.
2: Uh, non-degenerate Spurs fan said, I had a hernia surgery, hernia surgery a couple of years ago, and due to the pressure in that region, I didn't have a movement for eight days. And I was told it was completely normal. Uh, somebody said also have y'all checked out the quarterback on Netflix amazing docuseries
0: have not yes but I told I did Hard. I did tell you during the break uh, when I had hernia surgery yeah this was in 2011 Uh, they told me they said hey drink at because you can't you can't strain you right, know, your right, stomach right right muscles. right right and they're like you'll get constipated you need to eat like a lot of activia. So I was like Jamie Lee Curtis on the commercial. I was just go. like, I don't think I ate anything Spooning but activity for like
2: three or four days. Yeah. Lo- loading that poo-poo pudding in you? Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, you
0: had to.
2: Yeah. Somebody else said, sounds like a crock Well, anyway, to me, uh, so, uh, somebody said.
0: It was not like a uh, bowel prep for the colonoscopy, which is still, if, if there's a hell on earth, that that's, that, that's it That's right part there. of the deal there?
2: Yeah. Uh, our friend Jim from Lago Vista, cancer survivor and battler. Said going through radiation treatments, you're just happy to poop. Yeah, you are. You know, um, yesterday uh, it, at coaching school, you can imagine there's a lot of big dudes, a lot of coaches, and putting various and sundry quantities of different things into their down their gullet. And
0: as you can imagine, the the food around the convention center with a bunch of high school football coaches, there's nothing healthy to eat around there. Nope. There's not not a salad to be found.
2: Nope. Nope, chili cheese, big oversized hot dogs and nachos and, and uh big greasy cheeseburgers and things like that. That was that was part of the deal. Um I go into the restroom uh right after when I was talking um to um to you yesterday. Uh Is that the same conversation where Mike Roach with joined you us? and Mike Roach, yeah. We were talking about that. And right after that uh, I was gonna go get something to eat, but I went into the restroom to go number one. Mm-hmm. And so I'm standing at the urinal and there's a guy in a stall, and the most unearthly sounds are coming out of that stall that it, it, it you would hear just just horrific sound. You you want to say, <laughs> Man, you ought to see a doctor or something. I mean he never listened this this explosion stuff and Apparently, one guy was in there, not in the stall with him, but was in the bathroom that was accompanying the guy. They both walked in. One's in the stall, one's at the sink. And the guy in the stall is just all kinds of rumbles and explosions. And the guy at the sink goes, hey, man, you sure you want to eat seafood tonight? And the guy goes, it's going to make the same sound either way. There you go. That's what
0: I'm talking about. That's what coaching school is all about.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, That, Craig,
0: is what we call a growler. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's funny you bring that up. I can't. I can't remember if I told this story before. There was one year when you, uh, you digging this cam. You digging this conversation? Uh, there, Some good uh, stuff right now. All right. Well, there, there was one year when I was doing uh, Hope high the school Austin Listen.
0: Chronicles listening. I want to win an award next year for this segment we're having.
2: There was one year when I was doing high school football up in Dallas on radio. I was doing a game between Highland Park and Wiley, and the game was at Wiley's old stadium, not the really nice new one they have now, where the the one they share with Wiley East. The, it's talking the, like rusty, rusty metal Old stands. thing, yeah, that was built for a 3A program originally. And, and we were allowed to use the visiting radio booth. Now, in order to use the visiting radio booth, you actually had to, there was only one entrance to the press box on one side, mm-hmm. and the visiting radio booth was on the far end. To get to it, you had to walk through the bathroom. You open the door. Oh, man. You walk through the bathroom, and then you close the these door. have setups before. And then yeah. you do there. So that was the deal, and nothing happened. You know, we did it, but I was warned about it from a guy who said, "Oh, you're working the game at Growler Stadium, are you?" And I said, "What?" I said, "No, it's Pirate's Stadium." He goes, "No, it's Growler Stadium." I said, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "The Growlers in there." I said, "The what? The bathroom?" He goes, "You got to walk through it to get to the visiting radio booth." So, I'm like, okay. So I had that in mind when I got there, and I thought about that dude. So I took my headset clamped it on the toilet bowl with the microphone pointed down to the toilet, called him, uh called him on the broadcast unit, and I'm wearing the other headset. And he goes, Hello, and I said, Where am I now? And I hit flush. <laughs> he goes, Oh, you're at the growler. <laughs> okay. The growler. That is awesome. You know a growler is another term for like a big coffee mm-hmm. holder. Yeah is 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 a growler yeah but i think of that dude every time i see that, the growler
0: yeah i think it was uh i forgot maybe it was heb one time that had like you could get you could get beer growlers and i just yeah. saw a sign that said beer growlers and i go walk by and I go oh sounds like sunday mornings in college
2: <laughs> somebody at the specs take like who does number two what for <laughs> austin Powers? it says <laughs> take it easy man you know i'm blowing o-ring tom arnold uh Y'all are some of the weirdest dudes. Not sure what your obsession is with pooping, but you seem to talk this nonsense a little too frequent. No, it was coming off the story that we had. About I got, that.
0: I got told. I saw last week on Twitter somebody blamed me for all the scuttlebutt going around because I talk too much sports.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 listen, it, it's been, it's been said a long time. You I mean, don't talk too much. Don't uh, talk too much sports. Don't talk enough sports. Blah blah blah. Uh, Can you imagine? Hey, th-
3: this this talk has been gold, right? Or a little brownish. Ah,
2: uh, so well played, it, and, and a lot of well this played. is just playing off of, uh, of what folks are texting. And somebody said that what I was talking about, where the guy was in the bathroom stall yesterday, said, "Did it sound like a tuba submerged in gravy?" <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. That's a great way to describe it. Uh, oh my
0: gosh, man!
2: I've so heard he said, that description sounds like, before. Sounds like someone was trying to get the last of the ketchup out of the squeeze bottle. Yeah. You can pick a number of different ways. A tuba submerged in gravy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig,
0: you are a self-described, a yeah. self-described gravy whore. Here's one.
2: So. Poop jokes aren't the best jokes, right? But they're a solid number two. <laughs> okay, we can move on. All right, we can move on. That was that was. you did have to wait till lunchtime to talk about this. Come on, man. When's the last? <laughs>
0: when's the last time you had gravy on on a meal, Craig, or with the meal? Uh, been recently. Or is it time? Is it time for something? Something with gravy in it or on it? Yeah, um, yeah. Where are you at? On, where are you at on biscuits and gravy? Love biscuits and gravy. Oh yeah, the Robert E Lee at uh, Leavenworth. Cafe. Well, uh,
2: even before that, when I was a little kid and all that. That's um, still
0: the best sausage gravy I think I've ever had. Yeah,
2: it's great. Uh, Linda and I, when we were on vacation, we were in Asheville up in the mountains. Beautiful up there, and uh, Cam knows that. Asheville, beautiful city. And we went to. Uh, Tupelo Honey, which is a a chain of restaurants, and it's and it and it's good breakfast, and they serve what are called my dad used to call them this as well, cathead biscuits, cathead because yeah. they're as big as a cat's head, mm. and 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 we had it, and I think we'd even posted it too, uh, big old cathead biscuits, and we had it with with honey, but you could get it with gravy and all that sort of stuff too, so yeah. know so anyway. Uh, <laughs> I could, uh, quoting the great Ron White, you ever take a poop so big your pants fit better? <laughs> he said, I hope
0: that happens tonight. I'm a huge Ron White yeah. fan.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like the bit he does where he's talking about the guy who strapped himself to a tree in the middle of a hurricane to prove how fit he was. Yeah. So it's not that the wind is blowing, it's what the, the wind, wind is blowing.
2: blowing. Yep. True enough. True enough. Um, okay. Back to the regular topics. Uh, we were some somebody on the text line has
0: some weird obsession with the female boxers and OnlyFans
2: that models. That, that was so the one, That, that was the the woman in Ireland over the weekend who the boxer won her bout, and she has a fans only account and she flashed. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, okay. she revealed herself. So, All right, that was not so, on my radar. So. Yeah, that happened. All right, uh, Bucky and Aaron were talking about that. Um, the uh, was, a lot of what we talked about was uh, the the interaction we had with coaches at coaching school, and and it's always a good thing. That it's it's a rite of summer for me. Like I said, I've done it since 1985. I go every year. Um, uh, you know, even when I missed Big Twelve Media Day last year because of the wedding, after the wedding. The next day, mm-hmm. I flew to San Antonio to be there for coaching school to do that. And then Linda flew independently out from there. We met in Los Angeles to go to the All-Star game afterwards. But I went to coaching school first. And uh, part of the reason, a uh, big part of the reason, obviously, is because the the THSEA has me, um, you know, involved in some of their events. They have be, you know uh, – you know, MC the, the Hall of Honor discussion and moderate the Hall of Honor banquet, excuse me, moderate the panel discussion, things like that.
0: you know, talk about answer questions I don't know the answer to. The, the question I did not know the answer to was anytime anybody asked me, hey, where's Craig? Uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point. He's running around doing 90 different things at this deal.
2: So there's, so there's a fair amount of that. But the other real beneficial f- thing that I accrue out of coaching school, and this goes way back before I was ever even known by anybody with the coach association, when I was just covering it when I worked in Dallas is getting the opportunity to hear from top of the line college football coaches and administrators and to visit with high school coaches from across the state mm-hmm. the education that comes out of just being immersed in that deal is is really important um, so that's that's the other reason going toward that end uh, after the panel discussion yesterday, G.J. Kinney, the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats, was on that panel, and he had some good things to say. Everybody got a chance, like I said, to speak multiple times during the panel discussion. Jeff Traylor, I think, probably takes the honor for being most entertaining, as he was. He was talking about his wardrobe. Were you, were you in at that point, Jeff, when Jeff Traylor was talking about his wardrobe? Oh, yeah, yeah. with yeah. His San Antonio tuxedo. Yeah, the yeah. San Antonio tuxedo. He had the sport jacket on great looking pair of boots on, had shirt tail untucked hanging out there and a and a roadrunner ball cap on. So he was talking about that. Uh, but he was talking about all the different guys. There. And then and then like I said, GJ Kenny had some really good things to say as well. And then afterwards I wanted to talk with him uh, about getting ready to have his first season as a head football coach. Like I said, he and I hadn't had an interview conversation since he was at Texas. And and so it was good to have uh, the opportunity to visit with G.J. Kinney and to talk about this upcoming first season he has as head coach of the Bobcats. All right, there's that old coaching uh, phrase about drinking from a fire hose. Have you been able to progress beyond that now to start to get your ball club ready for the season after taking the job?
3: Yeah, I, I think I've just been so busy recruiting and, and trying to get this roster right, even over vacation. Uh, you know, I, I was working. You know, that's part of a year one. Um, but you know, I, I think I'm, you know this thing is heading in the right direction. Um, things are looking upwards, and and uh, I think we got the right leadership, the president Damphis and Don Coriel, our A.D. and and uh, you know th- this place can be really special. And just excited to really get to work now. I always
2: ask coaches who are going into a job. When you roll up your sleeves, what comes to mind is
3: job one. And most of the time they say assembling a staff, and then they get together. Was it a similar path for you? Yeah, I think for me, you know, a lot of my staff came with me from UIW, which was really, really good, and I think that translates to, you know, spring practice and our kids. For me, it was the recruiting part of it, um, and, and develop, developing the relationships with the Texas high school coaches. Um, you know, that was one of the first things I did. You know, their headquarters are right in San Marcos, so we went over there and I, and I spoke to the to the board and spoke to the high school coaches and developing those relationships, letting them know that hey, we're recruiting your, we're going to be recruiting your kids, and we, like I said on stage we have to recruit Texas high school kids to get where we want to go. And, and whether that's high school, uh, you know, whether it's in the portal, they're leaving Oklahoma State to come back to Texas, a Texas kid. So uh, we, we need the high school coaches helped. And, and uh, so developing those relationships and, and re, kind of rekindling some of those relationships was was probably number one.
2: I know you lost an outstanding running back to injury. What does it yeah. do for, for, for your roster makeup and what you're looking at right now?
3: Yeah, yeah. Any, anytime you lose someone like Lincoln Perry, you know, it, you, you can't replace him. But, uh, we feel like we have really good depth at the running back position and I was able to sign two guys when right when I first got the job um two Texas you know two Texas kids uh, one from junior college and one from uh, the portal so um it was a situation where you know at the time people were like hey, you might have too many running backs on the roster but I know the, the style of play we do and, and those running backs you really can't have enough of them so um excited about that room still and i the type of person Lincoln is, he's going to provide great leadership there. He's going to be a coach on the field, and and, uh, and he'll come back stronger than ever.
2: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you what every fan always asks about the quarterbacks.
3: Yeah. And we, you have a unique perspective in yeah, that category. Yeah, we do, we do, and we have a, a couple of transfers in there and, and a high school kid um, that are going to be battling for it. And, um, you know, we have different styles. Um, but once again, you can't have too many of those quarterbacks, and, and I'm always going to try to – Upgrade that room every year. Uh, I never want to. I, I tell my coaches all the time, don't bring in backups. Bring in guys that you feel like can beat the starter out. So, um, you know, we felt like had a really good sprout and Malik and CJ uh, did some really good things. But we brought in TJ and PJ, um, you know, to come in here and compete. And and who's going to be the starter? Uh, you know, we'll see who, who carries the offense the best, who has the best leadership of qualities, and ultimately who scores the most points. And uh, we feel like can can win us ball games.
2: Yes, you heard. GJ correctly that he has a BJ, a CJ, and a PJ, all competing for the starting quarterback spot. But Malik Hornsby's probably going to be the guy. Right. Yep. <laughs> one one might expect it that it would the be Arkansas transfer from
0: yeah. uh, Fort Bend Marshall product.
2: Yeah. I, I just you know and it's tough by the way Luke losing Lincoln Perry yeah but
0: you know overall Craig you, you've heard me complain for years about the administration and my alma mater yeah just that they're not that invested in athletics they might say one thing and do another really uh, from the president's been pretty much non-existent on athletic matters period uh, that's changed a lot and again I think I said this in the first hour I noticed that when I was down for the baseball game like wow there's a there's an the AD is present and the president is present and they're Interacting with the students and they're involved and engaged. Uh, that that little that might not sound like much, but that hadn't been the case there uh, at all times. So that was really good to see. And I think you've got a really good football coach and GJ Kenny played high school football in the state. His dad was a high school coach, played for Jeff Trailer at Gilmer for that one year, uh, and you know really was start, he's starting to take back Texas deal where they really yeah. want to get back to recruiting high school kids and have their roster chock full of high school kids in the state at this point utsa in terms of program stability program prestige has passed texas state you look at where they are right now i mean with you know with houston and ucf and cincinnati moving on i mean you can make the argument utsa is on that upper tier of Mm -hmm. of g5 programs if you're texas state that's where you want to be so hopefully gj kenny can get them there but the the ad, support from administration is really big. I'm I'm hearing the complete opposite of what I heard whenever Withers took that job, and when Jake Spavital took that job, mm-hmm. complete opposite in terms of what I'm hearing on the in administration. In terms of from support him. from the administration, Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. yep. And uh, you know, like I said, you felt for those guys, what they those yeah. those two guys, what they had to deal with at
0: the time. I knew whatever Withers was dealing with, and then you know when I heard started hearing some of the same stuff spab was dealing with some of the same stuff it was just like all right here we go again yeah uh, we'll be doing this again in four, three or four years uh hopefully though now things things will change with the new leadership and, and with gj kenny running that program
2: all right uh so that's some texas state coming up we'll have our second hour longhorn notebook as we continue with light the tower here on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and hornfm.com
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner. Check.
2: Like the Tower of the Horn. You've heard this song before, right? Summer Breeze. Yes, by Cross You know what it's about? No idea. It's about when one of them was growing up in Midland, Texas. Is it really? Yep. Family was divorced, and um, one of them grew up and and. Uh, Love the Beatles so much, they called him England Dan. Yeah, the same one that becomes England Dan and John Ford Coley later. And now you know the rest of the story. It's now for a Longhorn Notebook.
1: Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook.
2: Do we, we want to do flex
0: first real quick before we get into this? Or?
2: Yeah, that was my bad. It was supposed to be flex. It's all good. Not, oh, not, not hey. Longhorn Notebook. I'm glad you reminded me. It was supposed to be uh, a Flex 30 update and not uh, a uh, Longhorn notebook. Sorry about that. No,
0: it's all good. Just, let's just hit the Flex sounder. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah
1: Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to FLXATX.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by. Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement.
0: You need to go see Dr. Eckert, Craig, for anything soon? Uh, Shout out to Dr. Eckert and
2: things he's doing and with maybe Maybe With everything with Brain Vault, right? Right? A- your, absolutely. Your teeth,
0: you don't need to get the... Do you, you do the uh, preseason teeth cleaning before the season starts? Why not? Start doing TV work. And, just and make sure you're, yeah, you're
2: good. Get that taken care of. Yeah. That's a that's a smart move. Uh, congratulations, by the way, go out to the uh, school that happens to be located in the town that I live in now, uh, to Georgetown High School. So, uh, congratulations to Georgetown High because they rated out. You know, we we talk a lot about the. Uh, the, the, uh, the Directors' Cup and how Texas finished second to Stanford and all that. Well, the George Brazil Cup honors the high school athletic program mm-hmm. that accumulated by points – the best overall high school athletic program in the greater Austin, Central Texas area named, of course, for the late great sports writer, George Brazil. Yeah. I You, you, you met George. You got to know George.
0: Yes. Uh, there were times where I was doing stringer work where I would call in stats. And yeah. If something big had happened, they would transfer you to George so he could write it up in the, the capsules for the Saturday paper.
2: Yeah. The great George Brazil. Anyway, The number one team, the number one finisher in the Brazil Cup standings was Georgetown this year. Uh, The girls' soccer led the way uh, by winning a district title, reaching state tournament. Uh, Boys' swimming team won state. Boys' cross-country qualified for state. Eagles scored points in 14 categories more than any other school. Georgetown was third last year with 80 points, and they're like an annual uh, perennial one. Round Rock finished second in that. Uh, Georgetown ended up having 89 points the most. Round Rock, 74 total points. Vandegrift finished third. Dripping Springs, fourth. Liberty Hill, fifth. Westlake, sixth. Westwood, seven. Rouse, eight. Lake Travis, nine. And Wimberley, top ten out of the 67 high school athletic programs in the greater Austin and central Texas area. And so congratulations to all of them. And, and certainly congratulations to Georgetown, winners of the Brazil Cup. Where uh,
0: where'd Florence finish?
2: Uh, I can tell you. You really want to know? Sure, tell me. Um, as I'm scrolling down, still scrolling. Now, oh, wait a minute. Hey, how about, um yeah, all right, Taylor was 11. Lhasa finished 12th. Not bad. Nice. For Lhasa. Then it goes Burnett, Johnson City, Marble Falls, a tie with Blanco, Cedar Park, and McCallum uh, at 16. Giddings, Thorndale, Lago Vista. Hendrickson, Eastview, Pflugerville, LaGrange, Connolly, Thrall, then a tie with Granger and Hayes, uh, Lampasa, San Marcos, Stony Point, Vista Ridge was tied with uh, Stony at number 32. Then it's Leander, Gateway Prep, Austin High, Weiss tied with Austin High at 37, uh, Buta Johnson, LBJ, Gerald's number 41. Okay. All right. Smithville, Northeast, Anderson, Achieve, tied with Crockett, Ann Elgin, and Glenn, and Hutto. At 50 is Ann Richards. Starting to get a little worried here. Bastrop at 51. Cedar Ridge, tied with Bastrop at 51. Lockhart is 53, tied with Navarro College Prep and New Tech. Del Valley 56. Eastside, 56. And Florence, tied for 56 out of 67. Programs, the Buffaloes softball and cross boys cross country teams picked up points up from a tie for 62nd hey, there you a year go. ago. So they're up six all spots right, cool. on that. It finishes and also Luling was in that tie. So with Luling, Florence, East Side Memorial, and Dell Valley all tied for 56th with a total of two points. Okay. um two's better than zero. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So then there's uh, uh, McNeil, Maynard, uh, Travis, and then Akins, Bartlett, Cedar Creek, and uh, Idea Montopolis did not score. So anyway, so th- uh, there it is, uh, your uh, Brazil Cup standings for the just-completed academic and athletic school year, and congratulations to Georgetown on uh, winning the Brazil Cup this year. All right, there it is there. Is your Flex 30 update? And I had that ready to go, but I just forgot and went, "Hey, let's do Longhorn notebooks." So now we're going to do Longhorn notebooks. Jeff, how is Longhorn notebooks?
0: Congrats to the kids and Gerald for uh, doing well. Uh, they your, finished uh, 41st. You're you're thriving in spite of your uh, your bloodline and your ancestry over they there. They finished 15 North. spots ahead of Florence. Well, that that's in these standings. In life, they're still lagging very, <laughs> very far
2: behind. Okay, go on, go on.
0: Did you hear what happened in Gerald? how everybody got unexpectedly excited? The town took an IQ test, and they all jumped for joy when it came back negative. All right.
2: Stop that. Just stop it. All right. All right. Go on. Cam, you ready for some more SART cuts?
0: Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Um, hold on. I lost my tab. I'm on that Red River right. tab. Give me just a second. Where There's that email from Cameron Parker. Uh, let's get to cut number three. We've heard SART talk about this. This shouldn't take that much time to go through. uh I wrote a story on this. I talked to Sark about this this spring when he was on the Texas fight tour. Basically, how does his recruiting philosophy jive with Texas going into the SEC? Uh, and has he had to change anything going to the SEC?
4: Really, no. Um, you know, when I got here, a I assessed our roster. Okay, what do we need to what do we need to do to be the best team we can be? And then, what do we need to do to be the best team we can be in the future? And ultimately. Um, you know, I, I assessed the college football playoff, and I assessed who were the best teams in the CFP over the last decade. Well, ultimately, the majority of those teams are coming from the SEC. So, all right, how do we beat those teams? How do we build a roster to beat those teams? Oh, you got to get big up front. You got to get physical up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. So, we have been recruiting this way um, since I got here. Uh, nothing has changed in that aspect. It's made it a little easier. Uh, that to to why we do what we do. I think you got to have big humans up front. You got to have speed on the perimeter. You got to have high football intellect in the middle of your in the middle of your roster, whether it's offense or defense. And ultimately, um, that's what we've tried to do. Um, it's never perfect, but that's that, that's ultimately what we're trying to do.
0: So there you go. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, don't need to belabor the point there. It kind of is what it is. Uh, th- this was my question for Sark yesterday in the press conference because we only got well, more people attended, more media members attended than usually attend. It's usually me and like two other people. Uh, so we only got one question. But I asked Sark about football IQ. At this time last year, we are talking a lot about football IQ. Sark said that was one of the big issues in 2021. They had meetings and took different measures to make sure they were better in football IQ. And if Rod Babers is listening right now, I think he'll really like Sark's answer here because this is something we've talked about on Longhorn Blitz a long time that when a team starts doing what Sark describes here, that's how you know you feel like you're really getting somewhere.
4: I thought what we did was was really effective. Um, you know, bringing in an, kind of an outside voice sometimes to talk about football IQ and football intellect I think is helpful. Uh, I think ultimately it's hard to quantify in game what that looks like. But for me, the fact that our players are talking about football—that tells me we're we're making an impact. You know, they're not—they're not talking about uh, a video game, or they're not talking about—they're talking about football. They're talking about third and four, talking about fourth down scenarios. They're talking about red zone. Uh, And were we perfect? No, obviously. But I think over over time, we'll, we'll reap the benefits of it as long as we keep putting towards our energy, right, in, in, that, in that facility. So I, I'm, a, I'm actually excited for where we're at because I think we can go to a new spot, a new place with, with our guys, uh, and we are. Um, and I think our players are excited about it too. Like, man, we are getting coached at the highest level to learn the game of football, with new rules and what it might look like in college and what it might look like in the NFL. Like, I think they're embracing that. And that, and that's that's what we want, you know. So so we enjoy that that aspect of it.
0: Talking to the guys at Media Days last week, especially like Jade Barron, mm-hmm. um, Jordan Whittington also said this, the film study aspect. Guys are starting to see it pay dividends. Probably no better example of that than Jade Barron in the TCU game. He said he watched film, and before the game he and Terry Joseph – went over film again and he said, Look, they're gonna run this, you know, it was that little that little perimeter screen they kept running and he's like, You're gonna see this a lot tonight. Be prepared. And what did they finish with in that game? Three and a half tackles for loss yeah, it, so that's guys are starting to see the results of the work they're doing on their own. It, it, they're The tangible results are there. So that's that's awesome when you start getting to that point and coaches understand that, hey, guys, we can do as much as we can here and trust that your guys are going to do something on their own. Because if you think you're just going to get better, this goes to high school, college, NFL, what, I don't care what level you're talking about. If you think you're just going to get better based on the film you watch as a team or as a position group and not do anything on your own, you're very sorely mistaken. So pro, and. Craig, you've been around this thing long enough, and especially during this dark period. Guys haven't done that. Right? Guys haven't been willing sometimes to put in work on their own and and take time away from the social life or whatever to go watch films. So that should be a really good indicator of kind of where things are. Uh, under Sark. Cam, let's go to cut eight right here. You, you'll see some scuttlebutt on this. Uh, I know the Dallas Morning News had an article about this. Greg Sankey yesterday did a press conference at coaching school and actually I was I missed most of it because I was having my one-on-one chat with David Pierce while that was going on. Again, we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, but Greg Sankey said he wants to, to take a look at the early signing period and maybe do away with it. Uh, Sark was on the other end of the coin and it's not that it was i understand headline writers have jobs to do it wasn't like it's not contentious it wasn't uh they're at odds or clashing with each other but you'll hear sark's answer right here on the early signing period why he feels like it needs to stay where it is
4: i don't want to find from the sec before i'm in the conference john quote me um i don't i don't know if that's the best avenue the reason being is The student athlete and the high schools are are way too equipped to graduate high school early and to be at college in January. So when you start to think about the majority of your class enrolling in January, but not ever having a signing period, that's concerning to me. That was the reason we went to the early signing period So do I think there's probably a happy medium in there? Yes. Uh, But the fact of not to have one at all, uh, that's a little concerning, because I just hate to feel for a kid and his family going through the month of December, no signing period, I'm supposed to go to school A, but I don't sign, and where when and how do I get to celebrate that, that's a little concerning. So no disrespect to Mr. Sankey, That's just how we feel here, uh, and we'll navigate our our way through it, I'm sure.
0: Craig, you've talked to numerous high school coaches Mm -hmm. over the years and numerous college coaches. I've heard from college coaches and high school coaches over the years. It seemed like when the early signing period talk came up initially, Everybody was kind of on board say, hey, put this thing in August. I know Mack was on record saying he wanted it in August.
2: Talked Char- about it yesterday. Charlie
0: Strong day. said he wanted it yep. in August. I remember before it happened, Tom Herman said he wanted it. He'd, he'd rather it be in August than December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you asked Sark, he'd probably prefer it to be in August. Mm-hmm. High school coaches definitely wanted it in August because, hey, do this before our season starts so that way we're not getting to the week of a state championship game. And, oh, by the way, my star quarterback and running back now has a decision to make on where he's going to go to school, and it's got to get done right now. So – I think maybe that happy medium is just just move it to August. And if a kid needs to get a release or whatever, there's a coaching change, just put provisions in that that he's, he can do that into summer. The
2: only negative I've heard about August, and this is from high school coaches, the only negative I've heard about, and it's not so much about college coaches, but it's more about high school coaches. Yeah. The negative that college coaches might have with an August signing date is, is – the specter of injury, but most of them are realistic enough to know, look, he's going to take a chance on that no matter whether he's right. signed early or not. The only negative I've heard from high school coaches is, is our guy going to Cadillac it a little once he signed his letter of intent? Is he going to pull back and take it easy and not, and not give the effort? Most high school coaches feel... That's on their shoulders mm-hmm. as coaches to make sure their guy doesn't go half speed and whatever and mail it in, but that is a concern. Yeah, it's it's one of the few.
0: I've, I've you hear stuff like that not so much with football because it's just a commitment and that can be revoked at any time. It can mm-hmm. be the quote unquote mutual parting of the ways. You hear about it in volleyball boys and girls basketball softball baseball you hear about it in some of those other sports but football you don't hear as much maybe that would change with the early signing period but I think for coaches to get it out of the way during camp at least it's not during the week where you're trying to game plan uh and you haven't played games yet and I think for the high school coaches you know your season hasn't started yet just get that out of the way maybe even before you scrimmage and and be done with
2: it the one question I have brought up is will you have more situations like Jaden Blue or Quinn Ewers where a guy skips that I've signed my letter of intent, and now I'm going to pull out and well, not even play my senior. Year. Well,
0: and uh, I saw Mike Roach tweeting some stuff from the UIL press conference was this morning, and apparently that was kind of the the deal from the from the UIL on on NIL stuff. As long as the state of Texas law says what it says, yeah, and there are you know no no's in there for high school athletes on what they can and can't do. Yeah, the UIL said they will not make any kind of ruling. As long as the state law is what it is,
2: so there you go. Yeah, could it be far behind? Yeah, yeah, could could have a could have a situation like that. Yeah, all right, we'll be back to wrap up the program here and light the tower on the horn. Okay, I teased this, so I need to finish with this. So Jeff and I are both leaving yesterday, and I had earlier mentioned to Jeff and Mike Roach about one of my favorite places to go in Houston. And that's House of Pies. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned, and you asked me, you said, is there one out going out west? And I said, yeah. So i go up there. I'd seen there was a new one at, uh, there was a new one there in Cyprus. So I stopped. I had a tuna melt. And I had a cut of pie, a, a, a you know, chocolate cream pie. I get back in the car, and Jeff texts me and says... Good call on House of Pies. We ended
0: up, myself, Chris Humber, and Hank South, will 24 7 crew, we went over to the one off of Kirby. Wow. So that Swiss and turkey melt and a piece of uh, coconut cream pie.
2: See? It's awesome. The greatness of House of Pies. I'm actually going to post something on Facebook about House of Pies coming up. We'll be back with you tomorrow for our man behind the glass, our producer, Cameron Parker, and for my co host, Jeff Howe. I'm Craig Way. Stay tuned. It's the Zay part of Chad and Zay and Bucky Gothel. That's coming up next. What was it with Jamar Light, the Tower on the Horn?